The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Matthew. Now when Jesus heard that John had been arrested, he withdrew to Galilee. He left Nazareth and made his home in Capernaum by the sea, in the territory of Jebulun and Naphtali, so that what had been spoken through the prophet Isaiah might be fulfilled. Land of Zebulun, land of Naphtali, on the road by the sea, across the Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles, the people who sat in the darkness have seen a great light, and for those who sat in the region and shadow of death, light has dawned. From that time, Jesus began to proclaim, repent for the kingdom of heaven has come near. As he walked by the sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, who is called Peter, and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And he said to them, follow me, and I will make you fish for people. Immediately, they left their nets and followed him. As he went from there, he saw two other brothers, James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John, in the boat with their father Zebedee, mending their nets, and he called them. Immediately, they left the boat and their father and followed him. Jesus went throughout Galilee, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and curing every disease and every sickness among the people. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ. So, if you are with me for the past two weeks, uh, We've been reflecting on the baptism of Jesus a week before, and last week we reflected in John's Gospel how John the Baptist sees Jesus Christ and testifies, uh, witnessing that he is the Lamb of God. And we also see the two uh, brothers, Andrew and um, Peter, how uh, they were curious to know where Jesus was staying because they were already followers of John the Baptist. Just to give a background, a backdrop of what happened for the last two weeks because it has a deep connection to what we are going to reflect or meditate uh, from Matthew's Gospel. Of all the gospel writers, if you see Luke's gospel, Mark's gospel, even John, sometimes uh, the life and ministry of Jesus Christ ends abruptly or starts abruptly. But when you take uh, Matthew's gospel, he makes it a point that the life and ministry or the timeline of Jesus Christ goes in detail the way he depicts and helps the audience to understand like how he's going to progress from his birth, from his ministry to the death and resurrection. Having said that, if you have observed the first verse, it says when Jesus heard that John the Baptist was arrested, he withdrew to Galilee. He withdrew to Galilee. Last Sunday, we, had, we have seen how John the Baptist was testifying and bearing witness to Jesus, and now this John the Baptist is arrested. 
Jesus, hearing that, he withdrew to Galilee. The word used in Greek is uh, anachrony, some, some kind of word, I'm not really getting that full, but Matthew, time and again, employs this word wherever um, there, is, there seems to be some threat. Because when the wise men visited Jesus, the baby Jesus in Bethlehem, they immediately left in another direction. So the word used is the same word that it is literally meaning that they are either fleeing or it is some kind of threat, they have to respond differently to it. And even Mary and Joseph, when they were with Jesus, again they were warned in the dream and they had to leave to flee to Egypt. The same verb is employed there, the action. And then they come back to Galilee. So at least a multiple times, Matthew makes it a point to use this word. And even when Jesus was on his way to Jerusalem to get crucified, the same word, the head-on, the same word is used. But then Jesus did not change the direction, but he continued in his journey. But here, when this word is employed, a kind of threat where Jesus had to respond, he did not flee to surrender himself to the authorities of Roman Empire, but he had to flee in a different direction because he had to fulfill the mission of his father. We have heard so much of relocation, right? Relocating with we speak these days, and people, especially in America, you, you encounter people of different nationalities. And when I speak to people, they say, oh, I've been here living for seven years, my home is there, this is my second home, my third home is there. So, like, we have three houses, like, no, the farmhouse, uh, work home, and then f home home. Uh, similarly, so some people have houses like that. But Jesus, just imagine, he was born in Bethlehem. Then his hometown was Nazareth, and then from Galilee, and now he had made his home, Capernaum. So what exactly is Matthew trying to convey to us by geographically shifting the ministry or the timeline of Jesus Christ? Matthew very well knows Jesus is the fulfillment of Jewish heritage, but at the same time, he doesn't want to restrict Jesus only to one community or to one section of people. He wanted to project people, depict, saying that he is God, he is for everyone. And the reading from Isaiah says that Nebulin and Nephtali are the sons of Jacob. If you go to the book of Genesis, you find where Jacob blesses his sons. One is born of um, Leah, other is born to the maid of Rachel. So he blesses his, these two sons saying that your territory will expand, that you will live by the seashore and heaven would be your ship. And as it has been said there, we see that fulfillment here near Capernaum because it is the territory of Nephtali and Nebulin. When we see that in the Old Testament, it is like these two tribes of people are living in darkness, there is no light. 
but here jesus entering into galilee jesus entering into the territory he is actually giving them light to those people who are sitting in the darkness for john the baptist or for john's gospel we see like jesus the light of the world for matthew it is not just jesus but you are the light of the world you are the each one of you are light of the world we take so much of comfort saying oh jesus is the light of the world but forgetting that we are here to radiate and to transmit or to transfer that light into the world because following verses like chapters if you see in uh, matthew's gospel you have this from sermon on the mount how jesus talks how we are called to be light to the world don't hide that under bushel but you have to put it out so for matthew is making a very imminent very profound point here that each one of you are light of the world so the people who are sitting in the darkness have seen light and the light has come jesus now he has moved relocated himself to capernaum home and now the stage is set how he is going to do his ministry it is interesting because this pericope is sandwiched between before temptation after the healing ministry chapter 4 1 to 11 verses talks about jesus temptation which we usually reflect during the lenten season and now we have 12 to 23 and after that we move to the healing ministry of jesus christ so it is kind of in between and let's see how jesus is dealing with the people whom he is calling here the point i would like to make is when i was reading and reflecting on these verses jesus has been relocating i said he's been moving to different places making his hometown he's like preaching to everybody but the message is the same the message is the same repent the kingdom of heaven is near repent the kingdom of heaven is near so as we relocate even like i'm in india now i'm in us so i have to introspect and retrospect at the same time seeing how have i changed is the message the same or have compromised to the world this is a question you have to ask to yourself i i think like in one month in the month of december after i joined in st stephens i went with the women's group to one italian restaurant vincenzo does that ring a bell it's very close to your place so when i went there there was one father who was sitting with all the women so he was telling sujana do you know one thing what is it i said he said the menu what we have ordered the food what we are eating is more elaborate than what we literally eat in italy it is more elaborate it's like no we we just making it like no something not original you know the original message is lost sometimes sometimes we make it like no big fast or big thing but actually the message the authenticity of it is lost so here matthew is trying to tell us wherever jesus has been moving the message is not lost he is carrying that message 
As we are, whether we are in our homes or secular jobs, whatever sector we are, what is the message we are carrying out in our lives? In this relocation, in this transition, or whatever word you want to employ and use, what message are we carrying? So with that kind of message preaching, Jesus is moving into the crowds, and as you know, by the Sea of Galilee, usually you find the fish of folk. Then he sees the brothers, Andrew and Simon and John and James, and he says to them, follow me, follow me. And the word I use there is immediately they followed him. Immediately they followed him without no second thought, just thinking, or maybe tomorrow I'll tell you if I'm ready to come, but they just followed him. They left everything and followed him. In the Old Testament times, especially in Jewish traditions, if you see, it's a patriarchal setup. A son is supposed to be with the father to take over that business. But still, Jebedee's sons, the James and John, just left their profession and just followed Jesus here. And Andrew uh, and Simon, you know, they were like followers of John the Baptist. When he showed, he stepped back and said, he is the true master. He is the Lamb of God. And they left John the Baptist and followed Jesus Christ. How many of us are really pointers to the right message or to the right people? When John the Baptist said that immediately, they, were, they already like made up their mind that he is the master, he is the Lamb of God. And when Jesus said, follow me, immediately they left everything and followed him. Discipleship is a big word when we talk, but it's, it just requires obedience. It's a simple word. Repent is a big word, but it just means change of direction, metanoia, change of direction. If you're going in one direction, it means you change your direction, you reorient yourself towards God. I always wonder, when Jesus called them, follow me, what kind of tone he would have used that people just left everything and followed him? What kind of tone, what kind of authority, what kind of mandate he had, or what kind of high maybe whatever word, but what made them to just leave everything behind and just follow him. So it's not that easy when we talk about discipleship because we have to leave, let go certain things, be willing to be obedient, change our direction if we are going towards a direction which, where we are not making any connection with God. When I like uh, at church, as I see, sometimes they come up with big, big mission statements and uh, they, they define and redefine uh, things like what is mission. But they think they do everything, they can just tag Jesus with that name. But you're forgetting what exactly Jesus wanted you to do. It is like saying, I'm doing this, come Jesus, participate in this. That's not going to work. The call is from God. The call is from God. It is not from humans. When he calls, how we are going to respond? He is going to create a situation. It is not that when he calls only in a comfortable space, say, if I'm willing to go, that is not a call. Any situation Jesus is willing to create, but you have to be willing to take up that call and go. Dretrich Dom. Bonhoeffer, in his book, Costly Discipleship, 
uh, he talks about salvation is cheap, but discipleship is costly. Discipleship is costly. It is not easy. Obedience is what is required. When we live in a world for everything, we question, we, we, we think, and everything, you, 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 immediately you don't want to do anything. Everything you need some time. But here, when it comes to the spiritual realm or spiritual setup here, we see Jesus calling them to follow him and to become disciples. There is one story about um, a Sunday school teacher who, was, um, who had asked the Sunday school children to draw a picture of the church. So many, you know, when, when you ask people to draw the picture of the church, usually it will be a building, church building. So it's very easy for us to put the church building and the cross. So like multiple people, the children did that. But one girl... Uh, had it differently, she has put on the left corner um, uh, her grandmother with the pastor and the people of the church praying. And in this corner, she had put a can, and the down she has put a few kids playing, and this end uh, she has put like people singing of different sizes, different colors, so all that she has put. When the teacher asked her to explain what it is, uh, and in between, she had put a big heart. And she said, God loves everyone. God loves everyone. A church mission is called to address to the sick people, to help the homeless, and to be active in the life and ministry of the church. And children are almost welcome, and it, it is children who, who represent or the image of God, and God loves us, and we have to love everyone. That is what she ended. So I was just thinking, when she could picture a church like that, how does your church look like? How does your church look like? Do, do you have those uh, things in your mind? Do you just picture like that? Or just you're oriented towards just one side? Or one level where you can just address this? Or sometimes I think St. Stephen's is very fortunate and very lucky church because you have the opportunity to serve people. You have the homeless. You do the pantry, things like that. But the call here is not when it is at your bedside or at your comfort. Are you going out and showing that in your word and actions? It has to be your life. It is not that where there is opportunity, you just do it. But wherever you are, you have to be shining light. Discipleship is sometimes... When, when I think about it, I was just thinking about this comic strip, Peanuts. You remember? Peanuts, yeah, Charles Skulls. They have that museum in this California also. So in that comic strip, you see this Charlie Brown uh, trying to kick a football. So he'll ask uh, Lucy to hold the football so she will hold. So... Uh, but he doesn't trust her, you know, because uh, she may just remove the football. So, but she will, like, you no, know, persuade him. Come on, kick, kick, uh, I'll hold, I'll hold. So she, Lucy will be holding the football, and this guy is trying to kick, and then even before he could make a contact, she just removes the football. 
So he'll just like no fall and then he'll get hurt, things like that will happen. But it's interesting when I was just reflecting this part, sometimes even without making a zero contact with your guard, you slip and fall, you hurt yourself. There are times when we are involved in this ministry of this um, people, there are times you get hurt, there are times you get wounded, sometimes you get frustrated and disappointed, but knowing there is someone whom you can trust, there is someone who can partake in your wounds, there is someone who can travel with you in that hurt is important. So in, the, in this journey of discipleship, if you are not making contact with God, if it's a zero contact, how much ever you talk big words about discipleship, you know, like as I said, you, you can tell 10 words like obedience, things like that, it is not going to make any sense. I was just reflecting even while we were singing in the hymn, just before the gospel reading, they were telling how John died at Patmos and how Peter was crucified head down. These simple, ordinary people, they're just ordinary people when Jesus called them. They're not great big people who are like very promising things like that. Ordinary people, but he was able to transform their lives. They died witnessing to the life and ministry of Jesus Christ. So today, the call for us is, Jesus has called us, what is our response to this call? It is you, you who are inviting to participate in your mission, or you are willing to enter into his mission and tag along in his ministry. May God bless these words, Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.